0: I am honored to uh, be here and invest a Saturday to be with you guys uh, right before we eat lunch. Just uh, this is like my most favorite thing in the whole world. OSL is like our life. I mean, it is who we are. It is everything we eat, sleep and drink. I mean, it's basically saying that uh, a lot of times I uh, do pastors conferences and speak to pastors. And a lot of them, some, I, I don't, well, I don't know if I should say it that way. Growing up in my life, I I think a lot of times we think of pastoring as taking care of people. And there is a huge part of what that is. And we think about adding to the church. The heart that God's put in what I have is a heart to not just add to the church, but to multiply. My heart is to raise up leaders so that you're going to be raised up, growing in the Lord and becoming ministers and, and, and leaders in the kingdom. And that even by when, when I die one day, the ministry of my life and of our church continues on, not just here in Red Oak, but in every single place that you are. Uh, just kind of to, to share that vision of what is in our heart is back. Uh, this is like a real dream. So it wasn't just like I had a spiritual vision. It was a dream one night that I was speaking at a like a crusade outdoor crusade type deal and there was hundreds and thousands of people, and people were being touched, and here I am on this platform raised up like this so high, and so everybody sees this big platform, you know, and uh, I'm preaching, and there's a big wooden uh, podium in front of me, so you couldn't see anything from the crowd of me except for waist up, and here I am preaching and ministering the word, and in the dream, people are getting saved, people are being healed, people are getting set free, and incredible stuff happening, and I see this all happening and God moving. But as I look down, there's a cut out square hole in the platform. I'm not standing on the platform. I'm standing on the shoulders of my father who's standing up in that hole like this with his hands around my ankles, tears coming down his face. He's praying in the spirit. And what I realized is that the ministry that God's called me to really isn't built on my own platform. It's built on the shoulders of my father who's been my pastor my whole life. And the Lord just spoke to me to not only be grateful for the shoulders of my father, but that the whole calling of life for me of what God's called me to do in ministry is to invite younger leaders to come on my shoulders and that my whole life is to give my shoulders to the next generation. Thus, the whole vision of our church is to grow generations that transform communities. It's everything that we think about is from birth till they can. I mean, when they're babies, we're just praying Lord let your anointing and grace be upon them. Let they uh, know at an early age your calling when they get into elementary school. We're already teaching them how to pray and we've even got kids in elementary school who are part of our core ministry that are learning how to lead worship, who are learning how to pray in this, you know, getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, praying in the Spirit, prophesying and going home and Praying at night when they go to bed prophetically with their parents and and having dreams and visions and just incredible things from what we believe is that from the very early age, it should be that that's what they see as normal. Being in a small group community, being a witness, being somebody who prays and hears the voice of God from a little guy or a little girl all the way up. This should just be the norm. In high school, our students, we see that 80% of high school students leave home uh, when they're in church, and and they they go off to college, and 80% of them, for whatever reason, don't find a local church to be involved in, and there's kind of a hiatus time there where kids aren't involved in church, and we wonder what's going on. Some of them even leave the faith, and one of the things we see is that a turn of that is seeing our high school students involved in our Sunday ministries and volunteering and being involved, so it's a huge emphasis to us that our youth ministry isn't just involved on a Wednesday night service where they're part of a youth group, but they're involved in the big C church. They're involved on Sunday. That's the biggest deterrent because now they feel connected to the whole of the church, not just a youth church or a youth ministry, but they're involved in every week, shoulder to shoulder with a spiritual father, spiritual uncle in the faith and people that they're ushering with, greeting with, or they're working in children's ministry on the media team. That's everything that our church is about growing generations. And so OSL, the Oak School of Leadership is really kind of The pinnacle piece or or component of that whole vision is that our heart is that every single year there are young leaders being trained up and poured into that are going to be men and women of God who are going to be the greatest generation of Christ followers the world's ever seen. That's everything that we think about so much so that every staff member on our pastoral staff, one fourth of every hour of their week is to be spent, and their job description is to be spent with the Oak School of Leadership students. Can you even imagine that? It's kind of like a hospital who's not just a hospital, but it's a training hospital You know, where they're training up doctors. That's the same thing here. The greatest things going on around here isn't just what's happening in ministry but right now, each Sunday, each Wednesday, all during the week, but it's the people who are being trained up who are going to do that for the rest of their life as pastors and leaders and have their churches do the same thing. We've been doing this long enough now that there's like over 600 people right now in full-time ministry that has been trained here at the Oaks through the Oaks School of Leadership who are right now pastors, youth pastors, missionaries, worship leaders, kids ministers. I mean, isn't that amazing? I mean, right now, every single I think about it almost every week when I'm praying, getting ready for service. I'll go and God bless all the people who've, who've come out of here, all of our sons and daughters who are all over, who are ministering today, who are stepping into the pulpit today, who are stepping into classrooms, who are stepping into the uh, platform for worship today. God bless them and anoint them as that as their ministries are continuing. Now it's been long enough because we've been doing it uh, for, you know, 10 years as OSL, but 25 years in ministry like this and. Development, that many of our students are becoming senior pastors now, and they're taking those positions and pastors all over. So it's just an incredible opportunity that we have now. Let me just tell you how this came about in my heart, is that I was going to Bible school at Southwestern at Christ for the Nations, picking up classes while I was the youth pastor here at Oak Cliff Assembly of God, which is who we were before we became the Oaks and moved down here. So I was the youth pastor full time while I was going to school every day. Now, that caused me to learn at a different level. I would sit in class and when we were talking about theology or we were talking in preaching class about how to preach or we were talking in organizational leadership classes about how to do church business and stuff, I was listening at a level of Man, I need to really know this because I'm, I'm in a meeting this week that's dealing with this. I need to learn this because I'm preaching this week. I need to learn this because I'm in the game. Okay, how many of you understand that you learn at a different level when you need it? It's called learning readiness. When you need it right now, you learn. What's the best book you ever read? The book that you need. Yeah. The one that's like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest book ever. It may be a great book, but what's really making it an incredible best book ever is it's exactly what you're needing right now. You're needing to learn this to help you in life. That's a learning ready. You remember how Jesus said to his disciples, man, there's so much more I'd like to talk to you about, but you're not ready to hear it yet. Well, there are a lot of kids going to college who are in the ministry actively doing it, but they're training and they're thinking one day I'll have a chance to put this into practice, but right now I wanna hurry up and get out of class so I can go play volleyball. I wanna hurry up and get out of class so I can go you know, be with my friends or do whatever. Totally no, no problem with having fun. OSL students, they have the best time ever, but you know what? Most of the time, the best time ever is while they're doing kingdom ministry, learning how to do it, and they're functioning and they're not thinking, one day I'll be in worship ministry, or one day I'll be in youth ministry, one day I'll be a pastor, one day I'll be doing outreach. They're saying, "Uh, tomorrow I will. (laughs) This afternoon I will be doing. I need to learn this right now so I can engage that. The learning curve goes from like this to like this, and what happens is, you come, that's what happened to me. I would be sitting in class and everybody in there, it seemed, was thinking and, and receiving at a different level of what was going on in class than where I was. I was sitting there going, man, I need this. And when I was writing papers, they weren't in theory of what was going on. They were actually about things happening in my life right now in the ministry. When they're saying, hey, put a project together of what you would do if you had a youth ministry, I'd go, okay, I am doing it right now, and this is what I would do. And then I would put it together and implement it and learn and, and strategize, and, and it would be practical and real. How many of you understand it's a lot more exciting to do research and to do papers and do stuff like that when it's really about what you're actually doing? Not just someday this might apply. And so that came to me and going, okay, if my dad wasn't the pastor, I probably wouldn't be able to have this opportunity. If I wasn't raised in this, if I wasn't, you know, had the blessing, what happened to me as I was 17 years old, just graduated high school, I was on a missions trip and God said, are you tired of messing around? Are you ready to be serious and to actually give me everything in your heart? And I said, okay, God, I'm in. Because I, I felt like the Lord was saying, I know you're my son, you're saved, you're going to heaven, but how would you like to be involved in what I'm doing on the earth? And I want to use you in a great way if you'll let me. But right now you keep kind of wobbling back and forth and kind of doing different things, and you're distracted. Would you would you come in fully with me? And I said absolutely. And for two hours in that Arkansas church, I was on the floor just praying and seeking God and saying, "God, I'll do anything. I'll go where you want me to go. Do what you want me to do. Be what you want me to be. I'll marry who you want me to marry." That seemed to be the biggest one of all, right there. You know, I'll do whatever. And when I got back, you know what happened? My youth pastor resigned, and my dad, who was the pastor, said, could you, son, hold it together? I know these are all your buddies and all your friends you've grown up with your whole life in the youth group. Could you kind of hold it together till we get somebody? And so I just started trying to do my best. I didn't know what I was doing, But I felt called into it and started doing it and we we started growing and we like tripled in size and he was only paying me $100 a week. So he thought this is a good gig, you know, and so the the board actually said, why don't you stay on and be in our youth pastor? That's how it started. And then when I went to Bible school here, we moved here to Oak Cliff. That was all in Austin when we moved here and I was doing Southwestern and Christ for the Nations and processing like this, uh, doing ministry as I was going to school. That gave me an opportunity that many people don't have. So it made me think, man, I wonder what it would be like if we had internship and ministry trainings. And, and at that time, it was just kind of like internship stuff. And we had a, an evangelist quarters. I don't know, you probably, most of y'all have never even heard of what it means. They used to have these little rooms, like Sunday school rooms. They would transfer, you know, transform, put a couch in there and a bed. So that when evangelist came, he could use that instead of putting them in a hotel, you know. And so we turned that into a dormitory at the very beginning. And Pastor Mark, who you'll meet uh, tomorrow, you might meet sometime. He's our executive pastor. He actually got saved six weeks within us being here as the youth pastor. When I was 19 years old, he was about 21, 20. And he got saved in our church. And he, he moved in uh, just about five weeks later into that evangelist quarters, along with Brian Dollar, who's now the children's pastor in Arkansas at Little Rock, first assembly at Little Rock, along with Rusty Posey, who's a senior pastor now in Sulphur Springs, uh, Texas, along with uh, Hugo, who's one of the ushers here. I mean, we got all kinds of people who got saved during that time, who came to Southwestern that moved into that dorm and lived down there. And, and they, that was our thought of, man, what if they could do the ministry while they were doing it? Well, we saw these people just start taking off and just start growing like never before. And then that's when we came into, hey, Southwestern, why don't we make this a full-time deal? Let's come into the dormitory, let's participate in the food program, let's make it a win-win for both. And what we'll see happen is the students that are involved with us, we're going to do, these are our objectives, we want to help them get start doing now what they hope to do for the rest of their life and to do it in such a way that they have best practices and learning from people who are actually doing it. Now, I'm not saying this is how it is at Southwestern, but all my life I heard people say, hey, you know, professors sometimes, they're people who, who, who aren't really doing it. They're just people who are teaching you to do something, but they're not doing it. Southwestern has a lot of practitioners there. They're wonderful, they're our partner, they're incredible. But I do tell you this, to talk to, to be able to engage with people who are actually right now in the game doing it and not just to hear from professors who taught you, who are teaching you from what they did 10 years ago when they were in ministry, but these are people on our staff people of best practices at a church like this who are doing it, who are your mentors, your spiritual leaders who are helping you and giving you the opportunity to do it now and say, okay, I'm gonna teach you and now you do it and then I'm gonna give you feedback on how to do it and then I'm gonna give you feedback and teach you how to teach other people to do it. By the time you're done here in four years, from doing doing the ministry your first year and learning how to do it, to getting a declaration of saying I wanna be in youth, kids or, or worship or wherever you're gonna be, to going into a third year where you might be able to actually come on staff here at the church and do a fourth year where you're a protege as a part-time staff member doing that, leading all of the department in that area. I'm telling you, by the time you come out of that, you're like somebody who's been in ministry outside of school for four or five, six years after that. And most of the time, maybe even more than that, because you were doing it under the tutelage and mentorship of people already in the game, teaching you and everything. You come out already knowing how to do these things in multiple different ministry aspects. Other people get thrown into a situation even after they graduate and they don't have a mentor. The pastor says, what do you think I hired you for? Go do it. I hired you to do it. If you don't know how to do it, why did I hire you? And yet you're going, but I just went to Bible school. I I learned how to, to, you know, exegete the scripture, but I'm not sure I know how to go visit the sick or know how to do a baptism. Come on, I'm just being honest with you. That's how it happens. But when you're in this, you're doing all of that. And when you come out, you don't just know how to do youth ministry. Because let me tell you something, most of you, if you're going to become a youth pastor, they're going to ask you to do some kids ministry. They're going to ask you to do some adult training. They're going to ask you to do some other things. And so you're going to have to know how to do a lot of different things. That's the kind of thing that happens here. Now, that's practical. Let me go on the spiritual. There is nothing in the world like what God is doing in the hearts of people here in our churches. We're learning how to flow prophetically and hearing the voice of God. That we're praying in the spirit. We're learning how to hear the voice of God. We're learning how to, to pray for the sake. We're seeing miracles happen we're seeing signs and wonders. we're seeing the moving of the spirit. It's at a whole other level. Um, Let me just put it this way. If you're not interested in the moving of the spirit, this is probably going to be an irritating place for you. If you're not interested in seeing lives change, transformed and you're engaging with people in real life situations, seeing them discipled and they're actually getting saved from a life of sin and growing in discipleship, then this isn't going to be a place you're very excited about. If you're not interested in actually coming in and growing and you want to be one of the best and one of the people who are, man, go ahead and don't do OSL. Go over there and just have a regular college experience and come out and you kind of get your school done and you do your thing and then do it later. If you want that kind of experience and you've been looking for that, that's, there's other places to go and other things to do. Am I saying it right, OSL students that are in here? Yeah. Because yeah. it definitely is a deal. We're not speaking from a pride, we're speaking from an experience in the sense of, it's not a pride like going, we're better. What it is, is it's different. There's definitely people who come into college and university, even those who wanna go into the ministry, who have been looking forward to a four year college experience, which means I'll do my classwork and get by. But really, I just want to go fool around and have fun. Okay, you all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Okay. Are Are you the only one? Does everybody know what I'm talking about? There's people think that that think like that. That's what they've been living for. And so that's not what this is. This is your working. This is your learning. This is your encountering real life. This isn't just theory. This is actual life on life ministry going on. And we're inviting you into an opportunity to learn and to grow. Let me just put it this way. Man, the greatest opportunity in my life was to be able to do this. I want to give it to you. Our church wants to give that to you or to people who are serious about it and who really want to come in. Otherwise, you're going to hate it and and it's probably not going to work out. So I'm just telling you up front. But those of you who are hungry like me, that when I was 17, God says, if you'll let me use you, I want to use you now. I want to use you now. Those of you who are like a Samuel who's in the house of the Lord and God comes to him as a little boy and calls him by name and starts telling him stuff and prophesying through him and saying I'm going to use you where the words of your mouth aren't going to fall to the ground but I'm going to use you in a significant way for the kingdom for my kingdom. Those of you who are in this room that are Samuels like that. Those of you who are young ladies like Mary who the Lord says I want to use you to be the mother to my child and she says let it be with me whatever you want. I'm in. Let your Holy Spirit consume me and come and, and use me any way you want. She's just a little teenage girl. That's what we're looking for, and that's what this place is about. It is to be a place for kingdom life changers to come in and say, I'll give everything that I have. And what we're saying is, we're as dedicated. This is not a program. Now, listen, you have to serve. So, this, isn't a, this is a servant heart ministry, but this is not a program where the whole four years you're here, you're going to be setting up chairs and stacking things and cleaning up things and, and doing this. This is not a grunt work slave labor type program. This is a a very strong, intense program where every one of our best in field ministers, they know what they're doing. They know that one out of every four hours they're serving, some of you are gonna be standing alongside of them doing it because the whole objective is for you to learn at a whole other place, to have opportunity to grow and actually have staff experience by the time you graduate and the best we can do every way that we can to help you figure out how to come out with less debt so you can go straight into ministry and to be able to live and to do it and to not be wondering, oh my word, how am I going to handle all of this? And you come out and get in ministry and you're doing it. Man, you do all that. Uh, pretty much 100% of the students who graduate from us and go through the program like it's designed and everything, you're you're getting a staff position. You're getting offered at a place, and you're coming. At one of our students that was with us was on staff with us for the last four years after he finished. He was our assistant youth pastor. He just took a position two weeks ago. We just prayed over him and had 50 of the people he had poured into and discipled students in our youth ministry who are now small group leaders, who are now in OSL, all of this, 50 of them weeping and crying crying. because Antonio and Kate were leaving and they loved him so much, but he had to go because he needed to go take a senior youth pastor position and he went to the fifth largest church in America. He went to Christ Fellowship out in Florida to take one of their campuses, uh, youth pastor position of a church of 4,500. That location is 4,500. The church itself is about 35,000. And so he went out there to that. So what I'm using that is just a recent example that happened two weeks ago is that this is a place where you can learn and grow, develop, do it now, and when you come out, there's gonna be opportunities. People call us every single week. Do you have somebody ready for me? Do you have somebody ready? Because they want people who are mature, people who are experienced, people who are smart, people who have a right attitude, people who have done it, and they know when they come in, they have a mentality not just to do the work, to become an equipper and a leader of leaders. So that's our heart, that's what we wanna do. And uh, this building that's being built over here, I don't know, I'm gonna look in just a second if they texted me to see if if anybody wanted to go look at it, I'd be happy to just show you. But this is a building we're building to combine the student building. That building is the first building we built when we came out here that was everything. It was just everything we could build when we mortgaged, what we had, and and just dreamed the biggest dream we could when we were 12 miles down the road and had paid everything off. We did it to come down here. Now that's our student building. Now what we're doing is uh, is transforming it into totally just children. We have a school here that's a free tuition public school. We have 5,600 students in six locations. Here we have about 1,100 students that are here Monday through Friday. Uh, We have a before and after school care for them, about 700 students that we disciple and minister to every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every weekday, which is a pretty amazing thing. And uh, so what we wanted to do is to have three worship centers over there for three- and four-year-olds, kindergarten through third Fourth and fifth grade to have their unique service times that the school wasn't in, so we could deck them out and crazy, make them awesome for them. In order to do that, we needed to build a place for all of our offices. So the second floor of this building will be all of our offices. The two buildings here will be connected with this, so it'll all become one building. The nursery will be the baby nursery, will be in this building. Our new coffee cafe will be the new entrance right there in the hub for everything. We have an outdoor patio for the cafe and a, a green park greenway uh, in between there for. For everybody and then a new youth and young adult worship space 550 seat auditorium over there on the front side that will be for youth for young adults that'd be where we have all staff which you guys will come to every single week you'll be able to be a part of all staff where we're all together and we're doing leadership development and training and vision and everything that's happening it's going to be awesome in there we have breakfast together with all the pastors all the executive team, everybody, and all of the OSL together, so that's pretty cool. That's there, and then there'll be our counseling center that Pastor Brian leads up there, so when people come in and need pastoral counseling, that's right there. A concession stand for youth and young adults and and all that, that'll be there with a hangout area. And then the second floor all the offices for our staff. That whole space up there will be where you guys will come in, you'll have offices over here on the third floor, that whole third floor area for you guys, and then up here as well, where you'll come in to work with the youth, young adults, the kids, the worship, all the different places there. So it's 48,000 square feet, additional feet there that will bring it all together. And in doing that, we will be able to go to 10,000 as we double the auditorium space here. The auditorium when you walk in is 1750 right now, but the back wall is a false wall. So when you pull that wall out, there's another 1750 seats that are right above our head here. And so for a million dollars at that point, we're at three services now, but as we do need to do that and and pull down the wall, we can do that and have 3,500 seats up there, which means we could go to 10,000 with the multiple services and this will house all the kids that we need for that time too. So our whole Objective, guys is to have this built and paid off in the next 13 years. I'll be 60 years old. Doesn't mean I'm leaving at that time, but the Lord has told me to be ready at 60 to have everything paid off, everything built up because everything about success here at the Oaks is not about what happens now. It's about what happens in the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. Our success is not found in what we do now it's in what happens with those we hand it off to. So we wanna have a baton that doesn't have a price tag to it. We don't wanna be a church that builds something and leaves the price tag for the next generation to pay for it. (laughs) What we wanna do is say, hey, we give it to you, now you do what God tells you to do, and you pay for it, and you hand it to the next so that every generation becomes bigger, better, stronger in the kingdom, amen? So that's our heart, and I don't know if I rambled or if I did good explaining it, but I did my best. To just tell you who we are, what we are, and to see if that fits with you. You know, when you go to the airport, there's all kinds of planes. How do you pick which plane to get on? By where it's going. You don't go, ooh, that's a big one. Let's go on that big plane. Oh, there's one. They've got peanuts. Oh, they got one. They'll serve me a whole meal. Hey, they got toys on that one. Hey, they got bigger seats. No, you go where the sign says... Where it is, where you want to go. You go get in line where it goes. So what I've just done is told you where this plane is going. So we got all kinds of stuff going on, but I'm telling you the vision of where we're going and who we are, why. So you can know if this is the line in the airplane you want to get on. Worst thing you can do as a pastor is to try to tell everybody, we'll try to get to wherever you want to go and get on the plane. It says, let's vote where we want to go. And then half the people are mad. Don't do that. Tell people where you're going. They can choose whether this is the plane they want to get on. So what happened today is, I hope, from what you heard me say, is one or two, three things. One, you don't even have a vision. I shared it with you, and so you go, whoo, I'll lock in on that one. I like that one. So you didn't have one, now you have something. Hey, this sounds good. The second is, you got a vision, and the one I shared is, man, this sounds way too hard. I don't want to be a part of none of this. And then you, then that's a good thing, because you found out this isn't where you want to go. Or the third is, wow, this, I didn't even know a place could exist. Of every, this is exactly what I've been looking for, and you go, man, let's get the ticket, let's get on the plane, that's where we want to go, so that was our hope today, and in this visit, that it'll help you on that, all right, so let's pray together, God, I pray that you just speak to the hearts of everybody here, help us to hear what you're saying, where you're leading us, what your desire is, and let your hand just be upon these students, these moms and dads, these family members, as they seek to find what is it that you have for them. Lord, this isn't just a decision we're making on our own. We're asking you to share with us and speak to us what you have for us. So make it known, make it clear. In Jesus' name, amen. I've got nothing to lose, nothing to hide. You know.